Jordan Simpson from JR Simpson Music is in the booth this week. What's going on, Black Baseball Mixtape family? Flobo Boys is here with you, hanging out high above your favorite ballpark, inside the press box, inside the booth for another edition of the podcast looks at Fansom and our beautiful game from a different perspective. Thank you so much for checking it out. I know that we are a small but mighty podcast network over here at the Black Baseball Mixtape, but every time we release new content, it warms our heart when you like, comment, share, leave those five-star reviews. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, before we go on today's episode, it's going to be a good one. Got to give a huge shout-out to our partners over at CeeLo Media. Uh, the Players Alliance, we see you, we love you, and of course, Terentia 21. I gotta get myself on the Terentia 21 game. I am my collection is severely lacking. It's really behind what Cheats is up to. I have only a a little sliver of what that man has <laughs> in the vault. Uh, on today's episode, we're hanging with Jordan Simpson, like me, huge fan of the New York Metropolitans, the Mets. Uh, that team has caused me so much joy and so much heartache over the many years <laughs> growing up. But the last season, season and a half, a lot of my friends have DM'd me Jordan's content. You see, he is a musician, a bassist, among other things, who's also a Mets fan as well. Was able to blend the two and to sonically uh, either support us in times of victory or be a point of catharsis in times of despair. So it was kind of interesting when I stumbled across an opportunity to sit down and chat with them. This is one individual that is just so precise uh, and so good at what he does. It really was a pleasure to just chop it up, man. You know, growing up, there was the barbershops. Uh, there was the, the hanging out at the pubs when I was an adult. And now with the advent of internet, you can always just hit someone up and join a group or, or what have you. But to really have a genuine human connection, even though it was through a screen, is something that's cool to behold, especially when it comes to baseball. You're going to love it. I think uh, Jordan is destined for bigger things, even bigger than being shouted out by MLB Europe, even bigger than being shouted out by uh, MLB proper, even bigger by being shouted out by the seven line. Uh, this guy is going to be next level. And so for him to spend a couple minutes out of his busy schedule, just uh, hang with us, uh, it was definitely appreciated. You're gonna love it. Jordan Simpson, JR Simpson music. Let's get to it. What's going on, Black Baseball Mixtape family in the booth, Flobo Boys, is in the building. We're talking with those individuals who put their own spin on the beautiful game that we love. And, well, everyone's been in my DMs the past year and a half. Yo, have you seen this guy? Have you seen what a guy can do and make us feel that much better about our local team, the New York Mets? And I said, well, I've been following the brother forever. <laughs> and now he's going to be on the show. Please welcome Jordan Simpson. How's it going, sir? This is actually my first episode on the spinoff show. So thank you much for being my first guest here. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Uh, look, man, Long Island living. Talk to me, man. What's, what's the game like that today? Like, what's the vibe like? Uh, it's chilling. I feel like the, the weather hasn't been you know anything to brag about i think it's been kind of like 50 it's been like 45 pushing 50 the past couple of days but it's been cold 
some rain. We had like nine straight days of clouds and no sun. So then sun finally <laughs> came out on Saturday. So, but besides that, you know, everything's everything's going well. Keeping busy. Are, are, so all good. Are you a winter person or are you like a summertime person or? See, I'm really not so. I mean, my favorite season overall is fall. It's just that kind of that in between part but like, i enjoy each season it's just when it kind of drags out like i was talking to somebody last week i was like listen i like the colds but like past new year's it's like i'm ready for it to kind of warm up a little bit like there's kind of just that personal like okay i'm, I'm ready for it to kind of just advance you experience the season on yeah. to the next one and you kind of enjoy it but yeah yeah it's, it's funny like to that because me too yeah it, it's like you enjoy it but you know you only take so much, so yeah. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I mean, fall in the city is a different vibe. Uh, and I grew 100%. up in Brooklyn on the Flatland side, near like Kings Plaza and off the Belt. And once the the, the leaves would come down, and and we would like go to the park and play a couple rounds of like you know three second hole football. It was kind of like a whole different whole different scene, you know. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about baseball man like are you a lifetime fan did you get dragged into it man what was the first time you remember being like okay this is my game so i love following the sport yeah so i started playing baseball in 2006 that's when i first started playing and then i watched more because i played it so i understood a bit more but then really 2007 was when i first became like a a fan because there's the mess in the yankees and I was like, okay i gotta choose one <laughs> it was, it's honestly the Thing that made me choose like uh, what team I was to turn on the TV one day and there was a Mets game on. I was like, okay, that's my team. And okay. I was stuck. But it wait, was hold on. So you're playing you're playing baseball and tell me the position by the way. And you just decided at this is the day I'm gonna decide. Not two games out of three, not a certain day. You just said this is the team, I'm picking the Mets, that's it. It was just between the Mets and the Yankees. Cause like I watched a lot of baseball. But then I kind of, because a lot of my friends were like, Mets, no, Yankees are better, 27 rings. And I was like, guys, okay, this is getting very hostile and we're like eight years old. <laughs> but like, I, I was like, let me just figure out which one, you know, is my team to just kind of pick and just choose. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to choose the Mets. Because that was the first thing I saw on TV when I wanted to make that choice. And I was like, yep, that's it. Yeah. And then the rest is history. Okay, that's surreal. Uh, for me, it was kind of like my dad played both games because you now they're immigrants. They're from the West Indies, and and I chose the Mets just because they're people that look like me. Like they were brown people, and they were minorities. That was the reason why I chose. But I can imagine just deciding a day like that, like saying that's my team. Like, that's that's yeah. crazy. Uh, it's stuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for better or worse, right? Like that's. So, I always exactly. tell people if a franchise has two championships and one's literally called the miracle, like come on, you know? Yeah, totally fair. Uh, so uh what did you play and how long would you play baseball for i played until i was a senior in high school i played everywhere i for a while my main position was first base but then i kind of graduated not graduated but i kind of like went more into playing more second and then playing some outfield because like i can run pretty well so i was kind of just put out there so i can just track down fly balls and kind of just get the range and whatnot but I, i played everywhere it wasn't like a like, I was like, hey, coach, where do you want me? He's like, first base. He's like, actually, you know what? Second base. I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Like, I just wanted to play. So, yeah. Not catcher, though. That was the one position I didn't like playing. But uh, yeah. besides that, I was good. And so, uh, we'll probably get some more of that uh, just a little, little bit. But since you also did the music thing, like, what was that balance like between the course load, playing sports, and learning music at the same time? Did you sleep at all? <laughs> like, how'd you Honestly. balance those plays? Yeah, it's crazy when I look back because, like, I realized how much I really did everything because it was like playing baseball but then 
like at a certain point I was playing baseball and then music never stopped. Like music was all year round. But then after baseball season was over, had maybe about a month. And in high school, I did fencing. So I had baseball, maybe about a month, and then fencing, which fencing was like after school, almost every day besides Sunday. So it was every day after school, Mm -hmm. practicing, training and all that stuff. I would have rehearsals after that. So I have days where it was like, okay, going to school at 7 a.m., staying at school till 6, then you have a gig, so you have to go from there to practice to someplace else to be there at 6.30, and it was just like a, a nonstop thing. Uh, but it was crazy. But I think, honestly, it gets one of those things that hindsight, like I'm kind of proud that I pulled it off as long as I did because I yeah. realized how easy it was for me to kind of burn out. But I think also just doing different things in general because my rehearsals were different. It was like jazz band, acapella, you know, different, you know, pop things, you know, gospel things. It was everything. So my interests were like not the same. It wasn't the same thing over and over and over again, which is great and refreshing. But from a workload, I was like, why am I so tired? Oh, I understand why. Because I haven't slept like a solid night in like two months. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Does that translate today? Do you still like balance those plays? Are you good at like doing the time management thing? Or is it like, oh man, I was a I was past tense. (laughs) I don't do that anymore. I mean, it's not at least I'm not as active with playing sports and whatnot, but I still there are moments from times where it's like really kind of just like, you know, doing one thing, then on to the next and doing the next thing and then trying to map because I'm such a planner. So I really try to map things out in terms of like time and like slotting out a certain time to do this and do that and then have a rehearsal. So when I'm going to practice for that and then working on this song, I have to email this person back. So there's like a lot of things going on at one time, but it's just a matter of really just mapping it out and being just intentional for sure this is totally a side question and if i'm being dumb please please let me know this well i'm a certain age and and when i was a kid the only person that really was like someone you wanted to be with a sword was like Raphael from soul caliber so how'd you get into fencing what made you go like you know what i'm gonna try this like i'm I'm gonna try this like real technical sport yeah so my sister did it for a little bit because her friend our family friends they did it because they're a little bit older, but they did it for a little bit. Then my sister tried it. She liked it. And then I kind of just got pulled into it. But I realized, because for me, when I was playing baseball a lot, my off-seasons, like we would do, because my travel team would do off-season workouts in January. But between like November and December, I wasn't really doing much of anything. But then I realized the difference like physically of just doing that training on the off-season, like November, December, January it was like next level. Like there were times where the football coach was like, guys, we don't even train our guys that hard. Cause right. it was like the cardio, it was like the push-ups, the planks, the squats, the lunges and like all that stuff. Like you don't realize how physically demanding it is until you kind of sit back and like, look and like, whoa, that was a lot of work that we did and all that stuff. But yeah, that's really how I kind of got pulled into it, but I enjoyed it. It was fun. That's what's up, man. Well, what yeah. was downtime like? Were you, did you have the video game crew? Were you into anime? Were you just like into the studies? Like, what was the vibe when you didn't have to be anywhere? And I mean, when then yeah. it was more of like, if I'm not doing anything, I would either watch baseball games if they were on or practice, maybe even like force myself to rest. But if I had school, like, that was like, another thing too, especially when I was a, a junior where that's like college decision time and applications. So it was like a nonstop thing where the downtime that I had, it was like, oh, wait, I have to apply. Wait, I have to like map this out. Wait, I have to decide what schools have to do this audition, that audition and all that stuff. But I feel like now any downtime I have is either 
just like writing stuff or even just like simply watching baseball videos like i do that all the time yeah like uh are you like a into the stat kind of thing it's more performances storylines like what's the kind of like angle that you consume your baseball content it's really everything i think a big thing it's been like i would call it a phase but it's been like the past a couple of years like i'm obsessed with pitching mechanics like watching mm-hmm. studying different pitchers uh how guys generate their velocity how guys are durable and all that stuff i find it so fascinating and there are a lot of things even when it comes to pitching that kind of translates to me musically of how when you're efficient with your mechanics and your approach how much easier things can become when you're more effective and diligent and not trying to do too much because when you try to do too much you get tense and then you can get hurt and all that stuff but between like studying pitching mechanics learning about i am obsessed with baseball bats too like it's a Mm -hmm. weird fascination but like the bat models the companies who swings what all that stuff but like i just love like the 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 numbers and like the the nitty-gritty kind of stuff for sure absolutely so do you get a chance to go out there and testing on your own like you get a couple like samples and say look i'm just going to the cages or it's kind of just like watching the breakdowns online like how do you do with the equipment side of things all of that i watch breakdowns i actually i do have some memorabilia too which are different like models of different bats so i have like uh like a michael conforto bat game used i have a, a mark Hanna game model bat a jeff mcneil game model bat just to feel like it's their bat and it's cool but i like, just right. to get a feel also for like their bat the size the weight distribution the model like all of that stuff is so fascinating to me it is kind of interesting because you're like a Jeff McNeil's a novice bat, right? That's exactly. kind of, let's say it's like super rare. Like no one does that anymore. Or yeah. like uh, batting back gloves, right? Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny that uh, I was trying to get that a little bit myself. So it's kind of interesting to see how you got how you got into it. And I yeah. love the relationship between the the mechanics and stuff, but versus like the raw talent, power of pitching and all that. Um, you know, pitchers are throwing harder, and there's always like interesting about like uh, the the DH is now universal and have more of a specialized role. Um, kind of a sidebar there, but are you a fan of that? Like the fact that both leagues are now have universal DH, or do you like the old school way of the managerial choices with uh, the no DH in the National League? To be honest, I feel like coming from more of a pure Mets perspective, I loved it just because it fit them so well. You would have thought, but of course, it didn't work out that way. But I feel like thinking of it i enjoyed the 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 thought process of okay if there's a pitcher here and he's at 94 pitches but now he's coming up in a big spot are they going to pull him out or are they going to do what are they going to bunt him and all that stuff like that part i think you you definitely do miss but i think from a a pure baseball entertainment perspective if you have an extra bat there i feel like it just kind of adds a whole other element especially when that's your team too like you don't want your pitcher coming up in a big spot you want to have somebody that's more competent you know yeah i'm in the same boat it was kind of funny when like we would say oh man jake the grom has to be his own run support waka 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 but yeah. you know you still want to win some games so i'm all right. with that uh the new rules last year pro against i personally i'm all for them except for the ghost runner but i know last year we had the new rules with the bigger bases and and the, and the pitch outs and all that what do you think yeah i mean i think i'm more of like at first when you look at them it's like okay but then you kind of just or for me at least i was like let me be patient i want to just see how it actually plays out because you get easy to say yeah the pitch clocks didn't get in the way in a big game but then you kind of forgot that the clock was there by august so it kind of like at a certain point you're just over it but i think from the pace of play kind of side of things it made a huge difference because just going to games in general 
to get out of City Field on average about 9.30, 9.40 is better than 10, 15, 10, 20 getting mm-hmm. out of the parking lot. Like, it's just a huge difference. And from a fan experience perspective, like, it's it's faster. You have to be more locked in. But it wasn't bad. Like, when you're locked into it, you're just locked into it. Uh, yeah. Bigger bases. Like, you don't – I mean, I, I noticed it, but not, like, to an extreme where it was like, oh, my gosh, you're too big. But, like, you kind of just see the impact that it has on the game or a more stolen bases and what it can do. I'm more of, like, if they add a change – Let's just see how it plays out before, you know, I make a conclusion. But, like, I'm all for it. If it's a change that's going to help, by all means, I don't want to make changes for the sake of just making changes. But if something works, then it works, which I think the pace of play definitely did. Yeah. I think there were some games that was, like, two hours and five minutes and stuff. And, like, oh, man, (laughs) I just sat down. Uh, Yeah, if you go go to the bathroom, you're going to miss, like, a whole two many things, honestly. (laughs) Right. My my brother, my older brother, isn't a sports guy at all. uh, And I'm trying to get him to be a Mets fan because I think there's only a few people in New York who are unclaimed. (laughs) So I I took him to to City Field last last summer, and that game was, like, two hours and ten minutes. So the time he got his chopped cheese, it was, like, the seventh. (laughs) It was, like, well (laughs) – we're, yeah, exactly. we're good to go. Uh, so let's take a step back. You know, the, the music thing, you know, it's it's something that's very interesting on its own. But you decided to meld that with your love of baseball. And now it almost seems like that's what you're most known for. But talk about the first time you decided to go, man, this is a crazy concept. What am I doing? Someone should stop me. No one's stopping me. I'm mixing next <laughs> Mets fandom with music. Yeah, I mean, it was it's something that I thought about just trying to figure out what I could do creatively because I got to a point like last year or around this time, even I was okay. Like I want to do more. I love baseball so much and I want to be able to do something within that community, but there's so many other things going on that are very, you know, it just becomes very crowded at a certain point with like content creation and whatnot. So how can I do something that's different? And then knowing how doing like music content is, very different in like the sports world and baseball and i I thought about it for a while and i kind of just kind of put it aside and then i did one video where it was the mets opening day or the sny theme for uh for mets games and all of a sudden i was like oh okay i think we're on to something here and that took off and then a few other things have taken off and just to see the the responses and the support i was like okay now i think this is it for sure but it was um it's definitely great to be able to combine both things because it's it's fun because it's they tend to be two different worlds in general but to be able to make them one is just such a blast it is interesting for two reasons one i have the mlb package here in los angeles to watch the mets uh out of market mm-hmm. and so many teams share a theme so many teams have a very generic package but sny really does stand out i mean garrick yeah. throns are one thing but sonically it, it has a different presentation altogether so the fact to remix that was amazing but ultimately the relationship between music and baseball i mean take me out to the ball game was at, it has a whole different display at the uh, national baseball museum because how how that close relationship between music and the sport so that song comes out uh i guess the request came flooding in or you said you're on to something what was like the different variety of, the, of different projects you were doing what was the the point where the momentum started to pick up a bit yeah so that was a big one and it was it was fun because it happened so fast but then there was a moment where because sny saw it and then they put it on sports night 
So I was like, okay, this is awesome. And the next morning I was like, wait, but what's next? Like I have to right. keep on because now there are a bunch of people following me at one time. What do I do? Because I don't want this to be a one-off now that I'm on this like golden opportunity where people are now interested in to see what I'm doing. So I tried to come up with different ideas. I did like a funky version of Meet the Mets that I released later on. Later on, But then trying to figure out, okay, what do I do? What can I try to... I tried, you know, a bunch of different things, trial and error, just to see what people latched onto, what they didn't. And then later on in the year, when I was doing the recaps, I did series recaps within like a minute, like when the Mets were out of the picture and fans weren't watching actively, but they still liked the team enough to be like, I want to know what happened, but I just don't want to spend, you know, a few hours a night watching them if they're not playing meaningful baseball. And so I did those and people are like, okay, now I love this because now I don't feel out of the loop where if I go on vacation, if I'm at a wedding and I miss a couple of games that like I still get the information or I don't have to sit back, watch the game logs and, you know, watch all the highlights. I can just get everything within a minute and be right there. But I don't know if that answers the question, but it was just more <laughs> of kind of figuring out what people latched onto. And I think between that and making the jingles also too with the jingle man, I think those are the things that definitely took off the most. So, like I said in the top of my uh, my intro, that yeah, I usually get DMs all the time because I'm a, I'm a long suffering fan. I remember going to to school after to 2000 and 2015, like or I wasn't working at the time. But you get the idea, and so I'll get your content. This is just a personal like anecdote. I will get your content every couple of weeks. Yo, your team is trash. Team, this guy, you know what I mean? Like at least someone's trying out there. And I always say that the thing about being a, a fan of the Mets is that we always care, no matter how bad the team are. We do care. There are some 100%. franchises where people will go ah, whatever. But what earned the follow from me, I think it was late last season, where you had, you played uh, a note for every hit the opponent got <laughs> and oh. then play all the notes the Mets got. <laughs> and it was like oh, one, gosh. like eight, eight hits of 200. And I was like, follow. I got to follow. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the Braves awesome. doubleheader. That was when they yep. won the first game, like 20-something. And I was at that game too. Oh, so that, no. That, that whole day. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. this is torture. But like I right. couldn't, it wasn't, it was a lost cause at that point. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy my time here at City Field because we're not winning today at all. But it's one of those days. So yeah. Right. So <laughs> you don't leave? Tough. You say final out? You're always a final out person? Always a final out. Always a final out. Yeah. Unless I have to leave by a certain point, I'm there till the final out. Yeah, I mean, because there's so much to park the car now, they just want to not. But that, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Finding the, the different kinds of content because you don't want to be. We well, don't want to run out of ideas for sure, but definitely you don't want right. to hit the same note every single time, no pun intended. So I would like the fact you get to play around with that. Uh, over the offseason, uh, this offseason has been pretty conservative, and that's putting it lightly. Uh, as a GM nerd, I think Davis Turns have done pretty much a good job, but nothing's very sexy. But I love the fact that you have almost a song for every signee, as if they are <laughs> Yoshinobu Yamamoto, as if they are Shohei Otani. Talk to me about that. Like, you have a player like, like Sean Malai, that's not who's good, but like, okay. But you decided to make, make a whole song about them uh, to make sure they can, like, you know, have some some hype around it. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's always fun. Because I think for me, as a fan, when there's, especially a slow offseason like this one, when there's not much happening any news that you get you want to just jump to um but it's fun doing those with uh the jingle man too shout out him but he mm -hmm. he and i we do those things together it's just a blast because i think for us it's not even so much of like celebrating or saying this guy's the best player since you know whoever but it's more of like hey guys listen 
he's on our team now let's support him it's kind of just more of that mindset of like he's one of us now and let's just be happy because i think the thing with stearns too is that he's very intentional with the additions that he makes and just in general he's always like every spot on the 40-man roster is valuable you can't just take one for granted like you have to fill it out up you know from one to 40 with quality and so in my head i'm like well he sees something in, in all these players to go after them and there's talent that's there and for us and you know, to be able to make those songs you know you'll see occasionally people are like guys he had like a 70 year i'm like that's not the point you know the point is is that he's a met and if you want him to succeed he probably you know you don't want him to have 70 year right when he's with us but at sure. a certain point it's kind of like david stearns is the guy in charge we're mm -hmm. not he's smarter you know it's like it's his decision that's his job so let him do that and i think given everything like yes it's in relation to the past couple of off seasons it's underwhelming but they're in a different spot i feel like than they have been because like now past couple of years you didn't have the depth to come up if Agreed. something were to happen now okay if somebody gets like if Marte gets hurt you know, god forbid you still have drew gilbert who's a top prospect who's ready to go you know you have jet williams acuna uh not acuna jr but acuna, where it's like you have guys that are knocking on the door being ready to like hey you know if something happens at some point this year they can make an impact which we've never had even from a pitching side of things you still have that internal depth of hey something happens McGill may not be in the rotation, but you have somebody who's better than what we've had in the past or prospects that are knocking on the door as well. Um, yeah. But I think going back to the songs, it's like, hey, listen, like they're they're one of us now. Let's just support them. Let's give them the energy. And also to get some of the you had some responses from some of those players, too, which has definitely been a blast for sure. Where do you refill your Phantom Cup? because the comments are terrible wfan can be really disheartening like what what do you go you know yeah. where do you get that positivity to be like hey man you know what we're, we're trying like let's be pretty hard i feel like i mean at a certain point you have to just tune certain stuff out because it's at a certain point fans will be fans and i think there's passion 100 percent, and like we're all passionate but i think it's how you channel it and i think we become very much of like the instant gratification if things don't go well then they're not going to go well at all. But I mean, if we watch baseball, we know, I mean, Mets fans know firsthand that like what happens in April doesn't mean anything when you get to September. Cause that, you know, in 22, we were atop the division in June up by 10 games and we lost the division. So it's kind of, you know, trusting the whole entire process, understanding that, Hey, there are going to be ups and downs, but nothing's like linear. It's not going to be up the whole entire way even with like the Dodgers, like they've are up the whole entire year, then they get eliminated the first round. So, mm -hmm. you know, you, you just never know with baseball. But I think for me, my mentality is more of just like, I love this team. So like, I understand that what's happening while a lot of it, you can react to what you see on the headline. A lot of it's also kind of like, let's just take a step back and analyze like what's going on and not to just react to a clickbait headline that all of a sudden gets people to react and say, guys, if you read the article, that's not what it says. He's saying right. this, but you're just jumping to what it says in the headline or the picture that's involved. Uh, but that's just kind of more my personality, too. Like, I'm not like a reactionary, like, oh, great, here we go again. It's more like, that sucks. But, okay, let's just look at the bigger picture kind of thing.
Uh, yeah, we're a dying breed. I tell you that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and then to, to the whole thing, to your point, that the Tommy Pham article from the Athletic uh, was the oh, best yeah. thing for me. Where it was like, oh, I, in context, it makes sense. But the pull right. quote was like, Burr. you know what I mean? Shout out to Tommy exactly. Pham for the show. Uh, so I can say that I'm a fan of yours. But what's what's the greatest thing a fan has ever given or done for you? Someone that says, "Hey, look, you made my day," or anything like that. It's just, is a fan ever come forward and say, "Man, I'm a big fan of your content. Here's how it affected my life." Yeah, it's always surreal when it happens, especially when you're at Mets games and like people come up to you because it's happened where I've had a kid who was like maybe like 12 come up to me and so that he enjoyed what I did, and then same day you have somebody who's like an older gentleman who's coming up to me and they have like a bunch of different people of different age groups and backgrounds and even you know it's cool when you have different people that as a Mets fan being on Mets Twitter you know these personalities and you know all these people but then they reach out to you it's like wow like I'm a fan of yours but like now it's cool to have them come up and say yo I'm a fan of you and young Darren from the seven line he's like yo I'm a fan of yours and he shouted me out a bunch but like Mm -hmm. growing up a Mets fan you know who he is and so for him to be like yo I love what you do I get things like that uh mean a lot and even just doing like these videos for fun even when you have like Sean Mania who loved he was like yo I appreciate that thank you or Adam Montevino like the one that we did for him so it was a lot of that stuff there are a lot of moments where it's just it's rewarding because you don't do it to get that reaction but when you get that reaction you're like wow like that's that feels special yeah, yeah, man. The seven line gave their shout outs. What's up, man? Because this, yeah. they were the original uh beacon in the darkness <laughs> when that when that organization was founded. It was a it was uh the nadir, man, the Mets fandom. So that's what's yeah. up. I I I've been recognized twice myself. Uh because I because the last season I was trying to go to different ballparks. Um, but I had just did the MLB now commercial, MLB play commercial. So right. my face was on all over ESPN. Like, Download the app today, brother. And <laughs> I, I always laugh at that because I joined, I did that commercial as a fluke. I needed the money. <laughs> they were looking for baseball comedians. I did it. But then when I was in Denver and someone said, Hey, you're that guy. And I was like, what guy? Like, Oh, you're the, you know, you're the, the app guy. I see you more than my wife. And it was the, the whole joke was like, <laughs> you know, like, Yo, I'm between uh, innings. I'm getting my snacks and food. Your voice is in the house. And granted it's a commercial. So the, the half-life is like what, four months. But I thought it was pretty cool that you could impact something like that. And it was very right. like, interesting to see. So I would imagine getting that, getting dapped down by like all the new, the new players that's pretty awesome man that's what's up yeah it's very special for sure but it's not just about baseball though because i like the fact that you break down how you come across the song you do uh you did one recently for the christmas song reboot <laughs> which i really right. enjoy let's talk about the music outside of baseball so is there like a a a balance within your account to have the non-baseball stuff or you kind of just go whatever inspired me today i'm gonna show the world what i got yeah, it's an interesting question because, like, at a certain point, I was like, okay, how do I manage both? Because you have like a following at a certain point that at originally was for my music, and then you gain more followers that are on the baseball side of things. And so it's like, okay, well, which one? Like, how do I you know, manage and balance both? But then, at least from from my perspective, it's like even the stuff that's baseball related, there's still the musical element to it. So it's not like it's like either you know, music or it's like stats and just that kind of stuff. It's like music consistently, it's just a matter of uh, which avenue or is it music, music or is it uh, Mets? But I try to keep it 
both try to keep it, especially on Instagram, because I feel like TikTok and TikTok too, I guess, to an extent. But I think Twitter is like all baseball people. But for hmm. Instagram, it's definitely a mix. We have musicians too who aren't sports fans that I still keep in touch with. Like, yo, I love what you do, what you do. And they don't even know who Kodasenga is. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it is what it is. But, you know, it's, it's all good stuff. Uh, but they will. I, I think yeah. the through line is that the music is still sound. Uh, no no pun intended. Like, it, it sure. wasn't like you're just like hitting random notes being like, aha. But I think even if you don't know the subject matter, you can go, oh, that's a banger. Uh, I grew up in the 90s where hip hop was everywhere. The heyday of Hot 97 and, and back then it was Kiss FM. Um, but then when I went to to Florida, Flagler College in Florida for undergrad, northern florida that was that was country that was pop that was rock and the first three months i was like i don't i don't get this man it's not my musical language but then you hear about melodies and, and riffs and chords and you're like okay that sounds hot that piece sounds hot and then over time it kind of like it expands your horizon so i like the fact that i can come in and watch how you craft songs maybe even not ones with subject matters i'm familiar with and i go oh my gosh it still checks out it's pretty dope right uh, I like to ask you uh, about pursuing JC, if you allow me, man. That's pretty cool that you're able to bring your talent to another group in another space. Uh, tell me more about that in the faith-based music. Yeah, so they're they're a family essentially, but I've been with them for uh, going on, gosh, about nine years now. That's actually crazy to think about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's funny because I met them at a a gig that I was doing with a few friends of mine, and their bassist was leaving and like, hey, I need a bassist or they needed a bassist. And so their dad or the manager of the group, he was like, hey, uh, is your son available? What's my mom? This was like him emailing my mom. Like, hey, is your son interested in playing bass for us? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, who is this, by the way? So, oh, yeah, by the way, this is from Pursuing JC. He kind of just sent like, a cold email. Like, hey, is your son interested in playing bass with us? And there was like no subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story, Approved. Yeah, of course. But um, no, it was great. I think just being with them and to become some of my best friends. And uh, I think it's great to be able to be with them. I mean, from what we've been able to do, it's kind of like in my head, just like your typical ground up approach in a sense that we've done, we've traveled. Like when we first were, you know, when I first joined, we would travel like four or five hours on a van to play for like 30 kids. Or we drove down to Virginia uh, like eight hours to play for like 13 people and like five of which were our parents. So it's kind of like you did like those kind of things to then years later doing festivals with like three to 5,000 people or to go out and have you know, prominent artists like say, oh, I remember pursuing JC or just to kind of be in that realm of like being like when you like make it because I think like in the again, like the Christian music world, it's not as like big sure as like the the mainstream but when you're doing the events that we do, like we've done some with some of like the top people within the industry. And so to work with them and to interact with them, uh, it's really a blessing. And we went to Guatemala actually this past summer, which was, well, yeah, there's like, that's a, that was a crazy experience for sure. Cause just to be able to do, I to travel hours to play for like 15 to 20 people yeah. to flying to Guatemala and doing a tour there. Uh, yeah. Definitely insane for sure. That must have been a, a crazy day getting that call. Like, we're going where now? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. within the band, the kind of just the way it kind of rolls is like the dad who runs it all. He's very unassuming a lot of the time. 
So he'll just say something offhand and it takes you a second to process what he just said. So he's yeah. like, oh yeah, we're gonna go on, uh, I think next summer we'll probably go to Guatemala. And like, wait, you said that as if we're gonna go to like maybe one <laughs> after rehearsal or something, but you said, no, we're gonna go to Guatemala and over this. Like, oh, uh, yeah. That, yeah. But um, it was a special opportunity for sure. Just a, I think when you're there because of Guatemala, just what it, it's a beautiful area, but when you see mm -hmm. kind of just how fortunate in perspective, how fortunate we are and to see how gracious and appreciative that they were and the kids were especially down there because we went through a couple of orphanages. And so you had kids who don't know how long they're going to be in an orphanage, but you see, like, I just appreciate just to see them like dance and to sing along to you playing. It's like, whoa, that yeah. that's a whole other perspective of like, my circumstances are terrible and we all have tough circumstances for sure. But it's like for them when it's like, they don't know when they're going to get out of there, but to still express joy and to be gracious and kind and loving was definitely a, a great experience for sure. I mean, I was, I was going to ask, man, when you play in front of 13 or 10 people, what, what could possibly motivate you to keep going? But then you hear stories like that. It's pretty awesome that you're able to impact the world with what the talents you have. You know, it's, that's awesome, man. Uh, what's next for the Pursuing JC? Is like a whole new tour lined up or a new album coming up? Like what's the 2024 album? Yeah, we do a lot of writing for sure. I think the, because of, how things are now because we we all grew up together for the most part but now when you have a few of us who are either in college or doing their own thing and a few of them like i know a few are still in college one of them is working in nashville or two three of them actually are in nashville right now so there's like a few in nashville and then a few up here the rest of us up here so it's kind of like a collaborative like going back and forth type deal uh but opportunities always tend to come up it's just a matter of when we're all available which is good though to be a group where we're asked about a lot to yeah. you know do events and whatnot so this question is pretty for any kind of flavor whether it is with mr gc or your solo stuff or with the mats what is the bucket list for potential venues or shows you have that like vision board of where you would like to play in the future or is it kind of like take it per track take it per song take it per month i mean i'm very much both ways i'm very much like yes i have a lot of goals and things that i want to do but i'm also like more of like one thing at a time or kind of just being more in the moment because i think each thing that you do there's like a unique experience with that one thing so trying to not look past that you know to look past the journey to get to the destination when the destination you'll appreciate more when you kind of embrace the journey that you're on um but I think for me, I mean, there are a lot of places, even like out here, like just seeing, I mean, Long Island, there's like the Paramount, there's, you know, UBS now, there's uh, Nassau Coliseum, which I used to ice skate, act. Well, that's a random fact. I used to figure skate a lot. So I used to figure skate oh, at wow. Nassau Coliseum a little bit. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, MSG obviously is for everyone, but wherever, wherever the word takes me for sure. I like how you pick the sports that have like the most balance required, like fencing and figure skating. I'll just fall all over the side. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Is there any sports we're missing? Did you play lacrosse too? Cause I know a lot of nope. like, in Long Island, it's almost like a second, second sport people play. Yeah. No, I didn't play. I mean, I played soccer when I was a kid, but everybody does. But then right. I played a little bit of basketball, but it was mainly just baseball and then some fencing. Yeah, I would I say play game. basketball, but that's a very loose definition of play. I mean, I was on the court. <laughs> I didn't really I do it. I play basketball, but if you're <laughs> right. asking me, hey, we're playing five on five, I'll be yeah. a ref. Like, yeah. I'll, <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
I'm that okay. way with chess. I know how to play. I just don't know how to win. So I'm, I'm See, I don't even know how to play chess. So you uh, got me there. I feel like all it takes you is a weekend, and then you'll be like a trick. Tra- you take things so fast, man. Like, why not? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> but it's like it's a lot of like what pieces and what each one means and what yeah. Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm gonna send you a, a chess kit. Don't worry. Um, okay. I, when I was uh, when I was a kid, I did I did karate because I wanted to be a Power Ranger. I'm dating myself. Uh, sure. I did football <laughs> because I wasn't tall. I was wide. When I was in high school, I was like five Dude. five nine two seventy five, uh, and then and I kind of dabbled with uh, softball. And I do that now as an adult, but I would never yeah. call myself athletic. I'm kind of like that guy who uh, is in in personal trainer shape you know what i mean like i'm not like rip i'm like an athlete but i can like run a half mile and not like, manage, peel over right? it. yeah sure. i can manage so so props yeah, yeah. to we're saying that do you still active now like, do you still play sports when you have downtime do you still like you know hit the five on five court <laughs> i mean i still keep active a ton like i still work out and exercise and whatnot i'm still one like even on random days i just want to go outside and i'll just toss the ball up against the wall and just play catch with myself like just things like that or um I don't know, but like I want to, I miss playing sports a lot because I feel like you kind of, I think what you realize what it does is like an outlet of kind of like channeling like any energy or anything that you're kind of just dealing with out into like fencing, for example, where I got like a bad grade on the test and it's like, well, fence, I was like, bah! and like I was like, let loose. Um, right. But even like things like, cause I know for me when I played baseball, I know there are a couple of times where just there were things between like the the kids and when you're young there's like a lot of maturity things but i know like one time in particular there was like a lot of it was just a weird energy amongst the team towards me i felt like it was like i don't know what's happening but i was hurt and i was like okay whatever but then yeah. when i was healed and i was ready to go my first game back i was like the most locked in i've ever imagined i got two hits my first two at bats but i didn't say a word i was like no i'm gonna let my actions speak for myself like i'm kind of just that kind of person of just being like you know i'm gonna take whatever that is and just use it to focus and then once i do what i do yeah that's it i don't need to like look back at you and like do the joe kelly pout or anything like that but like i always walk away i'm like yep i did that and that's it you raised a good question did you have like athletic inspirations or was your motivations completely internal i mean i did i mean i was huge in andrew mccutcheon he was a big guy for me like especially when i was in high school yeah. Um, but like even Jose Reyes growing up as a kid, like he was like my first main player of like watching him steal all those bases and hit triples and all of that. But I mean, I still watch highlight videos of random guys. Just I enjoy it. And I still find it still inspiring. Even like I know and this is kind of a bit of a tangent, but like I take that side of things of like that athleticism when I perform like they're clips of me like doing not full splits but like very close to doing a, a split and like doing weird contortions and like leaning back and like turning and all that stuff but it's a lot of for me just being intentional with like keeping up with my body and training and mobility and all that stuff hydration stretching all that to be able to manage because when you have tours when you have like day in you know the next day and then you feel sore the next day it's like i've gotten to a point where it's like nope i feel good and it's kind of like the same mentality almost when you're like a baseball player when you're like hey i have to play 162 games within like 180 days how do i manage and you kind of just build yourself up to be able to do that kind of thing like lindor says you post up i i this is kind of a small a small weird thing but i thank you for that uh, i'm a big firm believer in in giving everyone the full show so i was a professional wrestling ring announcer 
about 10 years ago at a place called uh Mach One Wrestling. I'm a big wrestling nerd. That's that's my thing. And uh I used to perf- I used to do ring announce in front of like six people and three of them were girlfriends with the other other wrestlers. And I one day I phoned it in and um the guy who paid me was like, What are you doing? <laughs> it's like there's only three people here. He's like, Stop, you gotta do it. They bought a ticket, right. give them the whole show, and that kind of changed my perspective. The reason why I'm bringing this up is that even in the TikTok in your room, you're not doing just like a I'm doing the base. You're like, no, we're going to add the base. <laughs> add the middle lead. And to me, I appreciate that so much because I can't create the music on the level you do. But after watching your videos, I'm like, maybe I can. And it's so, it's so inspiring to see someone just be so passionate about something and being willing to break it down in a way that's accessible. So props to that, man, for sure. Appreciate it. Thank you. I, so it was, where is your favorite Matt, by the way? I'm just curious. I mean, there are a lot of, I get asked that a couple of times, who's my favorite Met? And I think it keeps yeah. changing. He was my first favorite Met. Okay. I feel like, I mean, there are, there are a lot of great Mets, I feel like, that you just latched on to. Like, obviously, David Wright's up there. But, like, yeah. even now, like, you got to love Pete. You got to love Windor. Uh, huge fan of McNeil, just how he plays, like, everything. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he's definitely, like, my first, like, he wanted when I first played, I was uh, my second year or my third year playing. I, I was on the Mets and I got number seven out of coincidence. I was like, let's go. And I was like running around the bases. I was playing shortstop and I was I was living in my element. I was enjoying it. Absolutely. Uh, right's up there for me. That's the one I'll, yeah. I'll fight that death for. Um, it, when I, if I'm in a room, I don't know anybody. When they ask me, hey, buddy, what's your favorite Met? I say Piazza. It's a nice, safe choice. It's like pizza. No one is going to hate right. pizza, you know? <laughs> but I'll enough. be honest with you. As a kid, my favorite Met of all time was Benny Agbayani. Because okay. like me, he was a thick boy. He was he was all <laughs> he was bottom heavy. I was like, oh, he, he looks sure. like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So shout out to Benny Agbayani, bro. I think all of his kids play ball, too. So that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> Uh, so 2024 is either the quickest five years or the longest five years since the shutdown. If you want to take anyone to interpret it, what's next for you as far as like the bucket list? Talk about the music side, but you as an individual, you as a creative, what do you want to accomplish in the next six months, nine months, 12 months? Working on a lot of music. I have a, like, I kind of realized how much music that I actually have, if not completed, like near completed. I'm like, okay, these can't just sit here like i have to do something with it because i'm i have a lot of ideas and just working on following them through like finishing them and moving on and whatnot but i'll definitely be releasing a lot of a lot more music a lot more mets content and really just trying to get better and better with each thing that i do some more collaborations and hopefully do some more performing soon because I, I do miss being on stage and performing a lot but yeah there, there are a lot of things that i want to do but i think just I've kind of been more in like a, a place of I want to just do like rather than just being like, oh, I should do that. Oh, I'll do that. It's like I'm just going to do it because if you don't, then it's not going to happen. Right. Be intentional. Be Keep moving forward. I like it, man. Uh, if someone wants to follow you or buy some of your music or learn more about you, how to go about doing that. Yeah. So I'm on uh, Instagram, at Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, uh, TikTok. <laughs> uh, at JR Simpson Music is my handle. Uh, if you want to find my original music, Jordan Simpson, my name, uh, on all streaming platforms. And yeah, keep up to date. I'll be releasing some stuff soon and working very, very hard. So I'm excited. 
Dude, I appreciate you. Black Baseball Mixtape appreciates you. We got to connect uh, next time I'm in town. Maybe catch a game. Maybe get there in time so I actually see the game before it ends too quickly. You know what I'm saying? That's true. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um...